This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is we want our listeners to know the real facts, the real stats, and some really good information about our local market. You wouldn't go into a baseball game without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate's no different. We're going to provide you that information to help you make a well-prepared game plan so you'll be a winner in the real estate market. With all that said, I have two good guests here today, really good guests, (laughs) and uh, they are escrow officers with Chicago Title, and that would be Christy Kutka. Mm -hmm. Good morning. Good morning. And Loveneet Baines. Good morning. All right. This will be a good one. The two of them are quite a pair. I, I promise you some, some good quips. <laughs> All right. Um, so here I said you, you work in escrow, but you work at Chicago Title. Mm-hmm. So what's the deal here? Why is, what's the difference between escrow and title? So here in the Valley, actually, we're under one umbrella. You get outside of the Valley, and they are two separate entities. You Why know. is that? Um, I think that in Southern California, they just have these independent escrow companies, and they still have the title company, which, you know, they do different things. So the escrow side is going to be um, working with the title department to do all the paperwork to transfer title and review the prelim and get all the liens dialed in. And then if you want to talk about the title side. So the title company and the title department at Chicago Title in Fresno, we have a local office here, but then we also have, because we're such a large company, we're able to outsource a lot of the work. So the title department is in charge of issuing the title report, and then we have a title officer that we work Mm -hmm. with who specializes in all things title reports. And then you have us escrow officers who work concurrently with the title officer. So here in Fresno, we're under one umbrella. So it makes it really nice because we have like this nice little bat phone straight to our title officer. Or a hallway. Uh, Well, no, it's a bat phone. It used to be a hallway and now it's definitely a bat phone. So the good news is, though, is that we work so seamlessly with them that the transactions run a lot faster. We are able to get answers to questions that a lot of places just can't get answers to in a timely manner. Most of the time, the agents, the lender, the buyer and seller, they don't normally communicate with the title officer. We do that communicating for mm-hmm. them. So it's kind of good in Fresno where you it's one less person that you have to talk to. We're the liaison between the escrow and the title officers. Mm-hmm. So what's it like in Northern California? You mentioned Southern Cal. I think that they're more, they're similar to us, mm-hmm. but I think that there are still independent escrow companies up there also. We see them every every once in a while down here or in the middle, but there's definitely in California like three different ways of doing escrow, which I think is like the funniest thing. Of course, the Central, Cali- Central California area, we do things the best way, so whatever. <laughs> Well, I'm going to agree with you. So. <laughs> um, and, and then how th- 
the fees get paid are different in each part of the state too. Yes. Each county has different t- typical fees. So we have people like, well, mm-hmm. why is it being done like this? Well, that's how they do it there. Mm-hmm. So our job as an escrow holder is to follow that instruction. To follow, and it, we're not making up the rules. They are the the instruction through the purchase agreement is coming to us, and that's what our main job is to follow that instruction, written instruction. Ah, there you go, written instruction. Mm-hmm. And, and I always love this example of somebody said, "Well, why do you need a realtor?" Because, and, and this came from an escrow officer many years ago. They said because uh, when the buyer and seller come in and want to open an escrow. And the escrow officer says, and who's going to pay this fee? They both point at the other person. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Because there's no agreement in place. Mm-hmm. Now, it is kind of odd that in the state of California, there's really one purchase agreement, standard form, that yeah. gets used. And yet fees are allocated in a different format mm-hmm. in different areas. Yes. But that's where... Um, the realtor will create the offer, put it in writing, what the agreement is, um, and then that goes to escrow also, and, and that becomes your joint escrow instructions. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people who come to us on a regular basis who say, I want to sell my house without a real estate agent, <clears> and they go, so what is your, you know, what? I heard that you could do this, and I go, I just need you to understand that where the realtor leaves off, you have to pick up. Mm-hmm. All of those things that a real estate agent does, you are going to have to do. We're not going to take on that responsibility. We're going to still keep on in our lane that we normally stay in because we are not licensed. And so they're like, well, what kind of things do a real estate agent do? I'm like, that's that's your, that's your what you have to figure That's what you're You're pointing out. at me, so you want me I'm to answer that? Yeah, I'm going to point it at you, <laughs> Don Scordino. So, yeah. Well, we do a lot. You do a lot, yeah. And I remember one time. Uh, on a Saturday afternoon, we're up at Shaver Lake and uh, with a bunch of family, and I get a phone call, and I took it, and I spent about five minutes on the phone handling a problem, and uh, one of the other people said, wow, you never get a break, do you? And I said, well, it's all right. I mean, I, I took five minutes out of my day, but I resolved a problem. Uh, two people were fighting over or arguing over something and you know i got it straightened out mm-hmm. and it's the way you usually get it straightened out is say ah but we already have this in writing mm-hmm. go look at page two mm-hmm. on the contract and it'll say mm-hmm. this is how it's going to be and going back to you know what is escrow our job as an escrow holder is to uphold the contract so we're the neutral third party that's involved in the transaction to make sure that the purchase agreement is followed and when disputes and arguments and things like that come up then we pause the brakes until everybody comes to an agreement again on how to move forward mm-hmm. okay good point um title how, uh, I, you wouldn't think title should be uh, very confusing, although I know it is because look at all the, uh, I guess the big question is, is the right person signing the deed? Right. Uh, and if you look at all the different ways there is that you can hold title, husband and wife as joint tenants, uh, husband and wife as tenants in common, there's trusts. There's community property. Com- yeah. Community property survivorship. Yeah. And 
and many times one person has passed away. So how is that lineage? Uh, I guess that's the big question in title. So yesterday, actually, I got a call from a friend of mine, and we have an escrow right now. The lady is entitled by herself, but she passed away yesterday. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. And then when we talk about pumping the brakes, man, they didn't just get pumped, but they got, you know, the brakes got slammed on because now when somebody is deceased and they're entitled by themselves, we have that lovely word, probate. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Even before you said it, I started <coughs> writing <laughs> right, yeah, probate. Big capital we, letters. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we could probably do a whole segment we just on probate. Could, yeah. In fact, we will. Okay. Well, well, but, you know, it's it's interesting, though, because, you know, our job is um, gets a little messy because we get contracts on a regular. It's a dream when the people who are entitled on the preliminary report are the same ones that sign the contract. But that's not always real for us. My favorite is when we get contracts that where an heir thinks that they can sell the property because there was a will and oh. grandma said I'm supposed to get the house so now I can do whatever I want with it but mm -hmm. unfortunately that's not the case there's a lot more that goes into it and here here's another p word that I know will make you cringe and that is but I have a power of attorney <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and somebody had a power of attorney for the lady that passed away yesterday ah but unfortunately a power of attorney dies with the person oh I didn't realize it that way. I, I yeah. do know that a power of attorney is a legal document, mm -hmm. but it's not an insurable document. And can you, one of you explain well, what I'm thinking? So <laughs> as far as a power of attorney goes, you know, it's supplied to us. It is typically uh, a document that is drawn um, and uh, signed when somebody has the capability of doing so. So hypothetically speaking, I know you're gonna question this. I could sign a power of attorney in this moment. I have my wits about me, Don Scordino, and I could assign my signing responsibility over to love. That's they, proof that you don't have your wits about I, you. Well, <laughs> no, that is proof that I really know what the heck I'm doing. Anyway, so love could step in down the road and we could confirm that I knew what I was signing at the time and she can sign all my documentation for me. Hypothetically speaking, there are people out there who are signing documents that do not have their wits about them. <laughs> and we have to go back and confirm that it was done properly. So there's all kinds of steps that go into this. There are confirming that the notary is a credible notary. We have a, a list of credible notaries. Um, we review the document. We'll c compare signatures sometimes to make sure that that person did, in fact, sign the power of attorney. Um, we ask a lot of questions, too. You know, was why are we using the power of attorney? Mm -hmm. Is the person out of town? Do they know that the property is being sold? Is the person now in a care facility, in a home? Do they have dementia? So what's the story here? There's tons of things that we have to do, the hoops that we have to jump through mm -hmm. just to confirm that, I that love is sign or signing these papers really on my behalf, not mm. for her behalf, but for mine. Ah. So she's basically, you know, she can't. The check isn't going to be made payable to love when it's all said and done. 
it will still be made payable to me and she will still have to make it you know it'll have to go into my account all the paperwork will be signed as if I'm selling the paper you know the property uh, she'll use my social security number my forwarding address my you know bank account information all that kind of stuff it nothing will be you know turned over to her okay so a power of attorney uh, passes with the passing of the person who signed it that's important to know oh yesterday it was really important because hypothetically speaking had we you know death is this unknown thing right so we did not know that she was going to pass on Sunday had we had all the papers signed though everything and we were a couple days before closing and there was nothing else left to sign we still could have closed escrow mm -hmm. just because everything was signed prior to her passing and that power of attorney was in place she just passed away out of nowhere and we were like oh no yeah with that thought, we are, well, that's a tough thought to go to the next <laughs> commercial break, but we are going to a commercial break. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about title. Let's get into probate. Let's get into liens okay. and, and learn all about that. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. <laughs> Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're here talking with Loveneat Baines and Christy Kutka of Chicago Title. They're both escrow officers, and we've been talking about the difference between escrow and title and, and power of attorneys, things like that. Let's now get into probate. Could one of you explain to our listeners, what is probate? When's it, when is it necessary? So How do you avoid it? <laughs> so probate is when someone is entitled to real property and they pass away. And there's no one else entitled to sign on their behalf because there's no trust set up. And there isn't an LLC or a, co or a corporation that is entitled. It's when an individual is entitled and passes away. So the process that the heirs have to go through is called probate, where you hire an attorney and the attorney will petition to a judge. Um, they'll, you can show a will or any documentation that shows what the decedent's intentions were with their property. So if, for example, with me, I have a will, I have a trust, um, I also have other companies that are set up where the managing member of my company is my trust so that if something were to happen to me, there's always someone who can sign on my behalf. So a trust is a alternative to probate? Yes, mm -hmm. a trust is a way to eliminate probate. So when you have a trust set up, you go to an attorney and you tell them your wishes. You t give them a list of who you would like to sign on behalf of your trust. You can list who gets what when it comes to real property, um, bank accounts, 401ks, uh, jewelry, cars, whatever your assets are, you can include them within your trust. If you forget to include something in your trust, usually there's some sort of addendum to your trust that says, hey, if I forgot something, I did probably mean to put it in there. Um, as 
an attorney can help with transferring real property into the name of a trust if someone forgot to. So that's actually some going back to the client that we had who's um, who passed away in the middle of the escrow. If they had a trust set up and just forgot to put the property in the name of the trust, signing a deed to transfer it over, and um, there's an order that can be petitioned for. It's called a Hegstead order. And we've had several clients who've gone through that process. Um, it's much faster than actually going through probate. Because all of the um, intention was put down into the trust, but they missed one step, and that was doing a deed from the, from the individual to the trust. Every once in a while we run into it when somebody's done like a refinance and they've taken it out of the trust and they forgot to put it back in, or yeah, and they forgot to put it back in and then we run into this whole like rigmarole and this Hagstad or, at order really does save a lot of headaches down the road. So why would someone take it out of the trust to do a refinance? Uh, there are lenders who can keep it in the trust, but then there's lenders who you have to jump through a handful of or more hoops, basically, that, in order to keep it in the trust because they need to confirm that uh, they have all the doc- proper documentation, um, a copy of the trust, the underwriter has to review it, make sure that the the right individual signing and all that kind of jazz. It's it, it, it's more headache for the lender, but it's just easier on the consumer. Mm-hmm. Okay. A trust is its own entity. So mm-hmm. one of the problems that people ro- will run into with banks when they're trying to get a loan is a bank wants to lend to an individual. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a trust involved because it's its own entity, even though it's your trust, they just ask a lot more questions. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can supply the documentation, most lenders can do it. And what people, mm-hmm. most people don't understand, uh, including a, a lot of real estate agents, the trust is the owner of the property. That is who your seller is. It's like Chicago Title. We work for Chicago Title, but we're not personally the ones selling the property. Chicago Title is. We are we are representing Chicago Title. Therefore, we can sign paperwork on their behalf. So, you know, I get calls on a regular basis. Who is my seller? Your seller is your trust. But what about these individuals? They sign on behalf of the trust. What we can do as a title company is we can step in and say, hey, give us a copy of the trust so we can confirm who will be signing on behalf of this trust. You know, very commonly, this power of attorney thing and the trust thing, people just assume from a real estate standpoint that the proper documentation has been done instead of turning it over to their title or or escrow company in this case and having us review the paperwork we can solve all kinds of problems in advance by who's going to sign your contract there's nothing worse than getting like you know a week or two down the road and we ask for what we need and find out that it wasn't done the correct way Mm -hmm. and it happens regularly and why does a title company need it to be done correctly? I mean, it sounds like a crazy question, but I do have a really good well, answer I'm wanting to hear. <laughs> well, our job is to clear titles. So we need to make sure that the correct people sign and that no one is going to come back and make a claim to our mm-hmm. title department that they were entitled to the property, that they should have received proceeds, um, that 
you know, there maybe there was a, an amendment to a trust where they were supposed to be a signer. So our job is to do our due diligence to ask the questions mm -hmm. and to make sure that the correct people are signing and that we're clearing any liens or judgments against the property. Because you're insuring the title. Oh, correct. Yes. Now, I liked what you said, how this way there's no claims against your title yes. company. And that's what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. We're an insurance company. No matter how you look at it, we can say that we're an escrow. We can say we're entitled, but ultimately we're an insurance company. And we're basically saying that everything's been done properly. Yeah. And, and let's say it's a $500,000 sale. You're insuring that mm -hmm. title for a half million dollars, mm -hmm. maybe collecting a $2,000 fee in the beginning. So why would a good insurance company take on a risk like that unless they knew correct. it was clear correct and so this due diligence thing it can be kind of dicey you know we have people who come at us on a regular basis who say things like you don't want to close my escrow it's not that we don't want to close your escrow we are escrow officers it's in our title we want to close your escrow mm -hmm. we want to do it right and sometimes even if you tell me that it's a 10-day escrow and there is there's title problems that can be a big issue and so when we talk about title problems we're going to talk about liens and liens can be all kinds of things you know we have people who come in and say it's free and clear it's not going to be a problem and then it's a problem bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so getting back to probate let's say you realize it uh oh somebody just passed so now we've got to go into probate what kind of time frames are we looking at we are looking at four to six months if everything goes smoothly. If there's no disputes between any heirs, if we can find all of the heirs. And when I say we, I mean the attorney. Mm -hmm. um, the customers have to do some legwork. We have some clients right now where I was assisting, I am still assisting them with a transaction where they're looking to purchase a home. And there were several family transfers done. People have passed away. There's like 10 people in title. And we can't find half of them. So it's been a lot of fun. And we're trying to go through this probate process. But the attorney needs the information. Who, who passed away? Who are their heirs? When did they pass away? Were they married? Were there any children? Who's the next of kin? So there's a lot of questions that an attorney is going to ask. And in order for them to be able to prepare the proper paperwork and notices and petitions that they have to file with the court. Boy, that's interesting how you put that. There's 10 people on title. You can't find half of them. How would you like to be the buyer of, of something like Absolutely. that? Uh, let's say you did buy it because you got a smoking hot deal, and, but you didn't get title insurance. And then you go in, you, you rehab the home, you make it beautiful, your family's living there, and then one of the heirs comes in and says, get out of my house. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's why you have title insurance. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, what happens when, on the claim part of it, what, what happens when somebody does show up and say, hey, I, I still own this house, get out. So depending on the situation, um, like I could give an example where we had a claim that was filed where someone 
had part of their interest in their individual names and then the other part of the property was owned by a trust and there was a deed that was missed where they were entitled as individuals so when that happened and the people had passed away our the assessor's office contacted us and the customer and said hey you still have two people entitled that never deeded their interest off so then we had to file a claim and actually go through the probate process with the clients in order to have someone appointed to sign on behalf of that person's estate. So depending on the situation and the claim, the company will step in. It's all subject to underwriting approval. And they will look to see where any mistakes were and address them accordingly. So I have another one right now where right before we closed escrow, the Fresno County Code Enforcement Office recorded a lien. Like the, They recorded the lien on the 20th. The customers closed escrow on the 21st. Title department didn't pick it up. Seller didn't disclose it to the buyer. And now we have a title claim hmm. on the sales side of it all. Hmm. So our buyer, well, the seller in the, in the situation now, He's hopefully not going to be responsible for any of these code enforcement violations because the title department never disclosed it to him, nor did the seller. Okay, so the buyer wouldn't be responsible. Correct. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. When we get back from our next commercial break, let's get into liens. I, I think a lot of people are worried, oh, so-and-so put a, could put a lien on my property. Let's find out how that all happens. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us today, we have Loveneat Baines of Chicago Title, an escrow officer there, and also Christy Kutka of Chicago Title, another escrow officer. But the two of you work together, is that right? Yes, we have been a team for eight years. Oh, eight years. How time flies when you're having fun. Eight years. Yes. All right. Um, Which one does all the work? She does. I just sit there with my feet on my desk eating bonbons, bossing people around. Do this. Do that. And if I you, mean, she's been there for 31 years, you know, longer oh, than I've been alive. Senior. And then she likes to remind me of that. Uh-huh. I might break a hip if I really start working, you know, or a nail. You know. Oh, gosh, don't God break forbid. a nail. All right. Uh, in the previous segment, we talked about, we said we were going to talk about liens. What is a lien? It's anything that's been recorded against a property. Um, it, or an individual. Or an individual, yeah. So if, you, if I own a piece of property and I have child support, a tax lien. If you owe uh, anyone any An abstract any money. judgment that's gone to court. How about a medical bill? A medi- well, it depends on if it's been recorded or filed with a court. Like if there's been a, a court action. We are, we are not looking at credit reports here. We're looking at things that are of record. If and even though it's if it's gone to court and they have not recorded the judgment, we don't care. It's all about these things that are being reported. How so, about how about this example? Okay. Um, two neighbors mm-hmm. are discussing the fence, and and it gets heated. They quit talking. One neighbor says, oh, I'm, I'm afraid the other one's going to put a lien on the property for the fence. Is that something that's possible? 
it's a process. It has to go to court, you know, and, and there has to be some things that um, have been uh, the court has judged, but, you know, put into on record. So and then it has to be recorded. Once again, it has to be recorded. We do not deal with things that are not a record. Mm-hmm. So um, also when we start talking about liens, you know, we talk about deeds of trust, loans against the property. Our job is to clear title. So we got to deal with everything. And title is, thing, you know, again, things that are a record. So that could put some people at ease to know that if you have a dispute with somebody, to have it be a lien on your property, it has to go through the courts. The, a judge has to say, hey, you owe X amount of dollars to this person. And then it has to be recorded also. Mm-hmm. Correct. I think the thing that, the, <clears throat> you know, mechanics liens are the ones that are kind of a little dicey, you know. Tell us lien. what's a mechanics lien. So a mechanics lien is a document that's been recorded against our property by somebody who's done work on your your property it does not have to go through the courts to do this it just because they're saying that they are owed money and they're trying to make sure that if this property ever sells that they get their money they've done work it's attached to the property there's nothing that you know in their opinion it's funds that are owed therefore at some point it's going to be paid and i think that's a little bit of a carve out from having to go through court because here you you hire a contractor Mm -hmm. to do a job and how about the lumber company there they supplied the material for the job and let's say the contractor doesn't pay the lumber company although the homeowner paid the contractor but the contractor didn't pay the lumber company what happens then technically it's the homeowner's responsibility to make sure that everyone got paid so oh. that's why you want to hire a good contractor. Wow. Yeah. Contractors. <laughs> yeah. A, a good not local just a, not reputable. Not just a contractor, but a good one. <laughs> yeah. And reputable. Yeah. All right. So I, I could see where title insurance gets pretty technical. There yeah. are people out there who think that it's something that you don't need, which I think is very interesting. Mm-hmm. If there's anything that I have learned from working at a title company, it's you always get title insurance and you always use a realtor. Okay, I like that. Well, and, you know, it's like driving down the street and not having insurance on your car. You know, you are going to want insurance on your car. You know, we were talking about our, our, you know, our, our competitive Jeeps today and how I have not had any problems, but yours ended up in the shop. You had some, a coverage that took care of that for you. Right. You know, can you imagine had you had a problem and there wasn't coverage behind it? That's what buying a piece of property is like and not having title insurance. And if I could describe that moment when I was in the collision and I got hit and and I wasn't hurt uh, badly at all. uh, But uh, my first thought is comfort because I knew I was insured. That well, peace of mind is Peace of mind, and yeah. Think about this here. We're how much money are we sending on a piece of property and then we're not going to get any insurance behind it? That sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So we have title insurance, you have home warranty insurance, yep. and then you have homeowner's insurance. Fire insurance, flood insurance, all the little insurances. Mm-hmm. 
So oh. home warranties cover things that are in the home. Appliances, refrigerator, washer dryer, air conditioners, air conditioners the pool pump, uh, all those fun things. Um, hazard insurance, though, that is for if there's a fire, earthquake, something actually happens to the structure of the home. And title insurance is the the unknown of if there's something that's recorded against the title of your home, if there's a loan out there. Somebody signed the property over and didn't have the right to do so. So mm -hmm. this brings up a good point. So like with homeowner's insurance, Earthquake insurance is an add-on mm -hmm. uh, or an option. Flood insurance mm -hmm. is an option. Mm -hmm. How about with title insurance? Are there options? Can you, or is it just one standard policy? So there are two policies that we primarily issue. And um, the two are, one is a CLTA policy and one is an ALTA policy. CLTA, what does that stand for? California Land Title Association. For the win. <laughs> <laughs> what does um, CLTA stand for? C it's a CL. Oh, it's sorry. What is American, American Land Title Association. Okay. I could tell the two of you work <laughs> together quite well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, and the senior escrow officer here is kind of taking um, all the kudos. <laughs> Hey, just because you know you knew how to stuff i know okay i didn't know that one okay I didn't know that one, remember see i've been doing this again longer than she's been alive so all right there's been a couple <laughs> things that have transpired you know before that so when you take title to a home um for example in the name of an llc an llc does not qualify for the alta policy alta policies are offered to people who are going to be the actual homeowners people, they're going said. to live in the property yes. um the legal description will also determine what type of policy will issue it has to be a straight lot and track if there's any meets and bounds any part of the description that is cut up in a different in a different spot and um, that does not qualify for an alter policy so there's different things that we go into in order to determine what policy we'll issue for most of our clients we're able to issue the policy that has the most coverage there are endorsements that can be added on to the policy the most common endorsement that I see is when someone transfers the property from their individual name into an LLC or a corporation so that way when the title of the home when you transfer it to someone else or to a corporation and it's not your corporation or your trust your entity then you lose your title insurance title insurance is not transferable so it gets even more exciting than that if I bought a piece of property today this is my, my, my public service announcement. Everyone needs to listen to this, please. I buy a piece of property. I decide tomorrow, after I close escrow, that I'm gonna add love to title. So it's a $500,000 policy. By adding love to title, now it's worth half. Now it's worth $250,000. So it's always better. If I'm gonna add love to title, I wanna do it through escrow, not the day after I close escrow. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So my eyes just lit uh -huh. up because here's a situation that comes up time. so many times. All the, time. All the, time. the spouse, right? Yeah. And, here, you know, the, the bottom line is I want to I want to buy this property by myself. Well, nowadays there are lenders that can put people on title. I can borrow the money. Love can be a non-borrowing 
person, human, not a spouse, human, and she can go on title with me, right? And my title insurance policy remains intact. And we're both insured for $500,000. Mm-hmm. Not for two fifty the next day. So but people don't realize that, oh, I'm just going to add my wife after the fact. We want to do that through escrow. Yeah. Or here's one that comes up a lot. They want to add the kids on title because, you know, in the event that trust. I were to pass away. It, yeah. Trust. <laughs> do that, a trust. Do a trust. Do not add. And besides the fact, ready for this one? The kids, the parents think that the kids are like this bright, shiny little star and could do no wrong, not realizing that the kids have an IRS tax lien for $500,000 and they've added them to title. And now mom and dad want to go sell the property to pay for their retirement. Huh. Kids lien that they just added. Now, hypothetically speaking, if mom and dad would have gone to an attorney and paid, you know, a little bit of money to put this trust together and said, hey, if something happens to us, we want to, you know, we want it to go to our children. It's a whole other story. So what I'm hearing, because I think the words are shouting at us, take care of your title the same would the same way you would take care of your home. You you. you wouldn't hire your gardener to take to fix your roof, um, you, uh, vice versa. Um, take care of your home and don't be adding people on title without title insurance and the proper clearance. I say it on a regular basis. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Ah, good one. And with that thought, let's go to our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio we have Christy Kutka and Loveneat Baines of Chicago Title. They're an escrow team, and um, looks like you two have a lot of fun working together, right? We definitely do. I kind of like her. I kind of <laughs> like her. All right. But, Christy, you've made comments that you've been in the business Since longer Jesus than... The earth. than the, since what jesus walked the earth uh, yeah <laughs> whatever okay hey i sold a home to moses so <laughs> okay, well, there you go. we're in the same boat so it works all right well and so there was a, a term that came up in the last segment called meets and bounds now i'm going to give it to the two of you that you're too young to know much about meets and bounds but i'm not Okay, so, well that's good news you because we're gonna because when we start talking about stuff like that, that's we needed our title officer to be around when we you know when we went down this road. All right, so nowadays in, in their lives, uh, properties are the boundaries are set out by a subdivision map, and um, you can get a surveyor out there to find the stakes and give you an exact precise spot. But back in the day. A while back, uh, they did it by meets and bounds. What meets and bounds means is, um, well, here's that big oak tree. It was 20 paces away from, you know, to the northeast from the oak tree. And then you'd make a 90 degree turn and you go this way 20 more paces. That, that's how meets and bounds were. And you might say, well, 
that's not very reliable. Do you know there are properties in Fresno, California, um, that still their property boundaries are marked mm-hmm. by meets and bounds? Depending yeah. on how long that it's been the family, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that it could have gone on that, and it or areas where it just hasn't been touched. Mm-hmm. And and maybe there was no need to. They put the fence up a long time ago, and and it was an agreeable spot. It was close enough. You know, it probably if there was an exact survey done, you might find that it's off, the fence is off by six inches, mm-hmm. but who's going to replace a fence for that? You'd be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I want my equipment. That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we actually had somebody, um, and this was a couple years ago, where someone's, um, they had some decorative rocks and, the rocks were impeding on the other person's property. Oh. And they tried to file a claim. Unfortunately, we don't ensure where the rock placement is. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. How about uh, when they build a structure, an appurtenant structure? So let's say a workshop, a shed, mm-hmm. and it impedes onto the other person's property. Is that insurable? Yes. It is, and no at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the situation. We, as a title company, we just want to disclose everything to you. So if there is an issue with where the fence is, if there is an encroachment of a structure onto another property, as long as we disclose that on your prelim and uh, it's an, listed as an exception to your policy. So we're saying, hey, there's this thing out there. If you try to file a claim on this, we're not going to insure it. So it's everything but. Okay. So the items that are listed on the prelim, because we're telling you about it, those are things that we're not going to insure against any loss. So if there's an encroachment or the fence is in the wrong place and we knew about it and we told you, it's fine. We can close escrow. We can close escrow on a lot of things. It's all about disclosure, though. Mm -hmm. And agreement. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. and everybody's got to know. So it's not just your buyer and seller that have to know. It's your lender that needs to know. And a lot of times that's where the rubber hits the road. When the lenders are saying, wait a second, we're not willing to give you a ton of money in order to close escrow if there is a problem. Because mm-hmm. we're not just issuing title insurance to the buyer. We're issuing title insurance to the lender also. Ah, good they have point. have their own separate policy. Okay. And that one's called the? The lender's title policy. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, let's go into this situation. Now, um, we're going to move from title to escrow. Okay. So escrow is supposed to close, I'm just going to say, in 30 days. On the 29th day, you receive a phone call from one of the parties saying, don't close the escrow. We're not ready. But your instructions say to close what happens then so the buyer and seller have the right to pop on the brakes just a little bit and in the sense that if there's a problem they they have they have the opportunity to work it out now unfortunately they are parties to our transactions they are our primary people every once in a while we'll get a call though from an agent and that's where unfortunately they are representing the buyer and seller but they are not our primary people the the primaries the buyer and the seller have the right to pop on the brakes just a little bit so 
again though if everything is met in the contract that's one thing if everything is not met in the contract that's another thing for example the buyer hasn't put their down payment money i in can't yet. close escrow without all things met within the contract and the mm -hmm. contract says i'm going to pay five hundred thousand dollars and in exchange i'm going to get a deed that's the bottom line money for a deed there's all these things that go on though in the middle so this is a great example of why it's important for buyers and their agent to do a final walkthrough prior Absolutely. to putting the the money into escrow. Let's and this has happened to me before, uh -huh. where you go to do that final walkthrough and you find out the tenant didn't even know the property sold and they're they're supposed to be out of the house. Absolutely, you know. We or squatters moved in. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've had that. <laughs> that happens, yeah, unfortunately, and. Oh, just a lot of people don't realize, you know, the process of how it needs to take place. You know, if I were buying a piece of property, yes, I understand that there's funds that need to be put in escrow in order to close, but I would also make sure that I was, the final deposit of funds means I'm good to go. I'm ready to close. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. Yes. Okay. Now, I have a question for each of you individually. Loveneet, what would you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? I would want the listeners to remember, um, I think the biggest one would be go talk to an attorney and set up a trust. That is my biggest piece of advice that mm -hmm. I could give to someone. We're not supposed to give advice, but I'm going to lead horse to water <laughs> okay <laughs> because what happens is a lot of people don't realize if you're entitled individually it says what like if we if we owned a piece of property together and we were both in the car that got hit and we all both died the property would go to probate so we gotta we gotta keep that in mind we gotta keep in mind what the intention is after we're gone and probate can get very expensive because it's based on the value of someone's estate so if i'm worth five million dollars it's there's a percentage of that value that it, the probates attorney take right off the top so that's where it can get very costly and setting up a trust can help eliminate all of the guessing work that goes into selling mm -hmm. real property what if you're an individual and you have a will it doesn't matter you still should set up a trust yes because a will does not eliminate probate a will does not establish for someone to sign on behalf of my estate. A will just says, oh, this is what I want to have happen to my property. So a will could be something that's written on a napkin for all mm -hmm. intents and purposes. So can a purchase contract. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but here's still, what are we dealing with again? We're dealing with things that are of record. A will is not of record. So. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. okay. Now. Christy Kutka, I'm going to ask you that same question. What do you want our listeners to remember most about today's show? I think that I tell people on a regular basis that surprises them that title insurance is not transferable. You know, and so if you're going to add your spouse a title, please be transparent on day one with not only your real estate agent and your title company, but your lender also. There's all kinds of things that can be worked out to assist you in that process. We don't want to, the, typically in Fresno County, the seller pays for that owner's title policy, but why give all that money away for no particular reason? And now I'm gonna impress you, Christy. As, as, yeah, <laughs> you say, <laughs> um, 
uh, title insurance is not transferable. And that's because title insurance insures all the transfers. So if you just put in a new one, there went your title insurance. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Okay, we only have about a minute left in the show, so now I'd like to ask Loveneet Baines, uh, escrow officer at Chicago Title, what's your best real estate advice? Hire a realtor. Okay, (laughs) and I'll go with that one. (laughs) How about you, Christy Um, I The importance of communicating and really telling people what's going on. This whole guessing thing is a problem. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Hard to hard to close escrow with a guess. Yes. (laughs) Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today and uh, learning all about title, escrow, liens, probate, trusts. Ah, We learned a lot today. So I want to thank both Christy Kutka and Love Neat Baines for helping us out. Thank you. And we will be back again next Saturday. So thank you very much.